welcome back. Pull up a chair and join us at the table this week for another episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice, a tabletop role-playing podcast. Welcome back to Paper, Pencil, Dice. So this week we uh, will join our adventurers as they depart from Clear Meadow and head towards the mystery of the Darkshade Moss, or at least what's around it. But uh, first, before we dive into that, uh, we're going to go ahead and do a quick round of introductions of everyone here um, around the table. So uh, first of all, Tormir, would you like to introduce yourself? I play Tormir, and currently I'm wishing we found ourselves at a tea brewery and not a beer brewery. It's much less interesting for me. Thank you. And Tegan, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, hello, my name's uh, Chris. I'm playing Tegan. And right now I'm wondering, hey, uh, I, that was really awesome last night. But for some reason, there's something in the back of my, my, my head that's just giving me, giving me some weird feelings. I need to figure it out here soon. Tabitha, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, I'm Jess. Uh, I am playing uh, Tabitha. And also Francis, her faithful badger sidekick. And I am wondering um, what our next, when we are going to be heading out to carry on our mission. Uh, Jathal, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Chris. I play Jathal, an elf wizard. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, ready to go. Ready to go kick some undead butt. Right. Last but not least, Athir, do you want to go and introduce yourself? My name's Brian. Uh, I play Athir. Uh, I'm a little jealous that uh, Tethal stole my thunder there of going to kick uh, undead butt, so uh, I'm just going to sit back and you know, be impressed with the wine that he served. Um, as this is a brewery for beer, they did have some nice selection of wine. That they did. So, um, yeah, the majority of the group is kind of retired for the evening. I know, Jathal, you said you were going to try to uh, find, uh, get in touch with Vidi, the uh, the, the town wizard, I guess. Yep. Um, is that uh, is there anything specific that you wanted to accomplish there or specific uh, things you were wanting to look for? Probably just try and see kind of what she has, I guess, to offer. Um, I don't have anything, I guess specifically that I'm looking for. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, I guess, if she had maybe any scrolls or anything that might help us along the way here. Um, VD tends to be kind of more of a sort of a hedge mage. She uh, operates the, uh, the the local sort of, uh, you know, she, she serves as an advisor to people, uh, performs general tricks or repairs or things like that. But um, generally she doesn't, kind of she doesn't stock magical equipment for the most part um but if she does inform you if you are looking for anything specific uh she could probably make it given enough time but she, she doesn't generally keep like a she doesn't run like a storefront if that makes sense sure 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 nope that makes sense i don't know if we'll be here long enough for her to make something for me so well, uh, well, you do oh. know that we are going to be returning, so if you had needed something to be made and pick up when we return. 
I mean, you're, you're, you, uh, Tabitha is correct. You are going to be returning twice, once from this sort of side mission off to the the ruins, and then again, uh, when, when, in theory, once you're done with your efforts up in Malatun, you'll probably be returning back back through yeah. this way again on your way back, ultimately, sure. to Inconavis, So I'll think about that then. Let's see if there's something specific. Um, I didn't have anything in mind at the moment, so... All right. Well, um, yeah, VDA tells you pretty much you know, at the end, you know, she she's a little gnome, um, but she she you know kind of mentions the fact that if there is anything that you need or anything you need her to research or whatnot, just let her know and she'll do what she can. Appreciate it. Thank you, VD. Um, so otherwise, um, will unless anyone has anything else they need to take care of, uh. This evening, I know everyone was going to get some rest and take off fresh in the morning. Um, I guess uh, anyone have anything else they need to do real quick before we take off? Are, are our supplies good still? I think we still had a fair amount of uh, foodstuffs and things like that. Yeah, you probably still have at least a week's worth of foodstuffs at this point uh, remaining. Um, you can certainly get more in town if you need to, but mm-hmm. at this point in time, between what you have on your person and what you have in your cart, you're you're pretty well supplied at the moment. We're oh, probably okay. out of berries. Looking at yeah, you, Tormir. I was going to say, with depending upon what Tormir's eating. You still have a, a fair amount of the apples from the uh, from Geraldine's Orchard, too. So. Sure, sure. Mm-mm, apples. He, he hasn't got to them yet. Okay, that's good. Maybe you should figure out why at some point. <laughs> so we'll we'll go ahead and jump to tomorrow morning. So everyone uh, wakes up pretty well refreshed, with the one exception being Tegan, who honestly feels like someone hit him in the head with a hammer repeatedly overnight. So everyone uh, is pretty pretty much packing up the cart, getting ready to head out. Um, and the last person to rise most likely is Tegan, who wakes up in actually the brewery tasting room, not even in one of the bedrooms. Um, he, he wandered into the wrong room by mistake and fell asleep on the floor and they just kind of put a blanket over him, uh, just let him sleep, sleep it off overnight. Um, but everyone boards the, the cart and, uh, takes off. Uh, the next day, uh, as uh, you guys are... Do we still have the horse? Yeah, you still have all three horses. Okay, I you just said everybody boards the wagon. I just want to make sure that they're... Yeah, you have uh, presumably a Theer is riding a horse independently, and then you have the other two horses that are that are hooked up to the cart. Um, the uh, Before you guys take off, you do see, again, a very large man uh, leave the the brewery kind of chasing after you guys before you uh, really hit the road. And he comes out with this uh, sort of a pie tin with a a red and and white checkered uh, cloth over top of it. And he runs out and... What? Gingham. What's gingham? Red and white checker. Oh. Yeah, that's what it's called. I am unfamiliar with that term, so I, I've learned something new. Uh, yes, a gingham pattern, I suppose. But uh, but he comes out and he, he says, wait, 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 I wanted to send something with you guys. Why, thank you, what is it? And he kind of like, dramatic, uh, Lucas pulls dramatically the, uh, the, the cloth off the top, and it looks like sort of like a egg pie. 
Um, and and well, you got, that looks really good. It smells amazing. You can smell uh, egg, garlic, pepper, uh, and and just yeah, just a lot of different uh, flavors. There's even a little hint of tomato in it. Um, he goes, "This is quiche. It's a specialty of mine." But uh, I figured that you guys might want something, uh, a, a nice breakfast uh, on, on your way out. Sorry it took me so long. I uh, I want to make sure you guys got it before you took off. Oh, thank you so much. It looks delicious. It looks excellent. And there's, it's it's kind of cut into about eight pieces. Um, and he just kind of gives you the whole, he hands the whole pie tin probably to Tabitha. And then it's up to Tabitha to kind of dole it out to the rest of the group. But you guys can presumably eat it on the road. Excellent. You dole out the 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 egg pie, and and I'll drive the cart. Okay. Well, if you need any help, let me know. Okay, you drive the cart. Never mind. Well, that's all right. You can drive the <laughs> cart. I'm not feeling so good, so maybe I shouldn't drive the cart. Well, maybe you what? shouldn't have drank alcohol. Well, yeah. How I... did you drink? That brings up an interesting question. That's a yeah. How. I just realized that I haven't seen you drink anything since I met you. Oh, the also, sword. I, how did you, yeah, how did you drink? Because you, so that, the whole curse thing. Drunk on a curse? That's pretty cool. No, I have no clue. Hey, is Lucas still around? Yeah, Luke, Lucas is, well, he, he's kind of standing back towards the, the brewery, but he's, you, he's still within earshot. Uh, Lucas. Um, I can't eat or drink anything. It turns to ash in my mouth. It's a curse that I'm cur- currently uh, dealing with. Um, how can I? How did I get drunk on your beer last night? Uh, I'll, I'll have to ask Wayne. He makes the beer, but um, I mean, the only thing I could think of might be something in it that somehow is counteracting your curse or somehow works compatible with your curse. I, I, I was unaware that you were cursed. I'm so sorry that that that's befallen you. Oh, it, it's no big deal. What it, What is the uh, ingredient that Wayne puts in it that we're going to uh, rin, rid the undead of so that you can he can get the ingredient again? Oh, dark shade. Dark shade. Hmm. I wish we knew a wizard somewhere that knew more about dark shade. Out of game, or well, I guess in game, if anyone wants to make a nature check to see if they know anything about dark shade, they're welcome to do so. Okay. I shall do so. Okay. Hmm. Let me see. Dark shade. Dark shade. This sounds familiar. I don't know. <laughs> um. I know it's moss. Seventeen. Wow, Tegan, that's a beautiful uh, roll you got there. So what? What did everyone get on their nature checks? Out of curiosity. I got a seventeen. Mormir got a 16. <laughs> I got a wonderful 11. Tegan got a 1. Natural. That's awesome. Uh, all natural. All, all natural. All natural and modified. That's awesome. That That is fabulous. <laughs> I got a nice 7 to go along with uh, Jathal's 11. So, uh, you know, maybe we all can right. go find a Slurpee or something. There you go. <laughs> Um, so the, uh, Athir and Jathal are pretty much aware that Darkshade is a, uh, moss of some sort. Uh, Tegan, 
uh, knows that the word dark is in dark shade. And um, Toromir and Tabitha know. Uh, uh, Tor- and Tabitha uh, both uh, get, know that it's a very specific type of moss. It's magical and it exists only in one place in the world, to their knowledge. But as far as specific properties of the moss, uh, neither of you rolled high enough to to know specific properties about the moss, other than it's it's limited geographically to only one place. Hmm, it's some kind of magical moss, but I'm not sure what exactly its magical properties are. So maybe the magical qualities themselves are what is the uh, affecting you. Cool. Is there anybody in town that would know, Lucas? Would that wizard know? Probably, you know, not... I mean, you you have a, you count a ranger among your numbers, and I would assume a ranger would know far more than anyone else in town would. Um, okay. I can I can certainly ask Wayne, but I think Wayne, for the most part, just found found it and realized it made a very good flavor, and that was about his extent of the uh, of of its use. But um, hmm. he, I I don't believe that there was any uh, that that he really fully understands anything about the magical properties of it. Hmm. So that's a good thing to be selling. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to be buying a lot of it when I get back. So have some ready for us when we get get back with that dark shade oh, or whatever. It is Wayne's specialty, so uh, I'm certain he'll have uh, he'll have at least some of it available. Sweet. This cursed gnome's getting drunk. So you guys take off. Um, and, uh, make way. It's not that, uh, as far as what Wayne and, and, uh, Lucas both told you, it's not incredibly far to get there. Uh, it's probably an hour to an hour and a half away, uh, by cart. So you're probably not going to be traveling all day. Um, about half an hour into your travel, however, hmm. um, you, <laughs> See, I, actually, everyone go ahead and give me a perception check really quick. Oh, this... I perceive that you are wanting us to roll high. I was correct. I got a 24. Boom. <laughs> Although, Athir is showing ah. me up. Yeah. <laughs> Considering he's got a 34, 37. 37, yeah. I got a nice, you know, 12. <laughs> it's fine. Alright, so what do your elf eyes see? Well, not a lot. J- Jathal was kind of busy trying to figure Tegan out. I thought all I thought Aether was also elf. He oh, is. he is. Okay. So Aether, uh, Aether is further ahead of the rest of the group, so it happens to hear better uh, than than the rest as far as what this is. Uh, Tabitha also just being more perceptive than than the rest of the group also. Uh, happens to, to to hear this. The rest of you are kind of more, you know, just in conversation and don't happen to catch it. Uh, but Athir and Tabitha both hear a sound off to the side of the road. It sounds almost like crying, uh, not human crying, but crying of some sort. Hmm. I seem to remember a wagon we had along the side of the road at one point that did not turn out well for us. I mean, it's perfectly fine for me. <laughs> Uh, do I uh, can I uh, investigate 
um, where the sound is coming from. Uh, being careful not to um, try to alert whatever is there. Uh, yes, I'll allow uh, So you figure out uh, without uh, the closest you can get, you figure out it's in a bush. Um, I have everybody be quiet. I tell them everybody to shush and that I hear something. Okay, so so Tabitha kind of you know makes everyone else be quiet so she can hear better. That kind of indicates that she hears something. Athir goes over and investigates and finds out that whatever this is is something that's in in a bush that's probably a, you know maybe 30, 40 yards off the path. Bush isn't uh, burning or anything, is it? Uh, the bush is not burning. The bush is a very large bush. Um, it, it's, it's probably, you know, close to six, six to seven feet across. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, there's a cluster of bushes there, but the sound appears to be coming from one specific bush in that cluster. Hmm. Hmm. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. Do I, uh, perceive that this is, uh, like the sound sounds like an animal or or like something that could be dangerous or just like the cry of a child or a um or wounded animal of some sort either a wounded or uh imp or uh young animal would be your best guess without without getting closer um i prepare i i bring the cart over closer not necessarily uh, super close, but I I stop it and then I hop out. But I have my bow ready just in case something should be attacking. Um, but then I I give the reins over to Tegan, Woo-hoo! so I am prepared. I got the reins. I got the reins. I got the reins. Hey 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 hey! Don't make me regret this. <laughs> oh, no, it's gonna get good. <laughs> So you, so Tabitha approaches, bow drawn, um, towards the bushes. The, the the bushes themselves are, like I said, about forty feet or forty yards off the path. So you, there, there's a, a decent amount of distance you're gonna have to walk up um, away from the cart because the cart, you know, it, it's a fairly, uh, you know, good uh, sort of a ravine or not, maybe not ravine, but sort of a edge off the the side of the path that the cart definitely couldn't take down okay well i guess i'll um i'll try to get into the bush to see what exactly is causing the noise okay are you trying to take the lead or are you and tabitha going in together i could throw her in and she could use her bat skills (laughs) i am bat tabitha yeah um, I can. She could protect the wagon. I can. I can stay behind since I have the ranged weapon. Okay. So Athir is gonna can take point, and yep, Tabitha is gonna cover him. Okay, that sounds good. So, um, as you uh, as you kind of pull uh, open the uh the the bush to see what's what's back there, uh, you see a uh a nest. An extremely large nest. This nest is about five feet across. It's built into the middle of the bush. Um, inside, uh, there appear to be uh, three uh, owl bear uh, cubs or chicks. Right, they're kind of difficult. They're, they're kind of like because they're sort of half bird, half ursine. They're, they're, it's kind of difficult to tell whether you would call them chicks or cubs. 
Um, but there's three of them in there, and only one appears to be living at the current moment. Oh. Um, it's it uh, is very small. It's maybe you know because you, you remember how big the uh, the the big uh, owl bear you ran to before it was about nine feet tall. This thing is maybe about a foot and a half tall in total. Um, it's got very sort of downy feathers instead of uh, the normal feathers that they have. It's floofy. Um, and it appears to be shivering and looks extremely hungry. And the other two that are next to it appear not to be moving anymore. Uh, so I'm going to um, climb out of the bush and draw my falchion. And then I'm going to motion to Tabitha to come over and uh, put my finger to my mouth to say, be quiet. I proceed over stealthily. Dun, 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 when she gets dun. in range, I tell her what I saw with the, uh, the owlbears and uh, ask her what she wants to do. So um, the something has obviously happened to the the mother. Uh, is did Maybe. we kill the mom? Kill its mommy. Well, uh, that's my concern. That's why I'm being careful, because it could be the mom is nearby somewhere. Well, it looks like they haven't been fed. And usually the owlbears take fairly good care of their children. What do you want to do? Can I roll a knowledge nature to see if I can take care of it, see what it needs? Ah, uh, let's see here. Maybe we can feed Tegan to it. No. Yeah, you can do, you can use nature to to see how well like you would understand what it's need. Or would it be like it wouldn't be survival? Uh, I mean, I would allow survival, but I think nature is probably going to be closer to what okay. you're. That's what I was thinking. Hold on. So let me think. What it is. Oh, that wasn't a super great one. It was a 10. Um, so based upon your knowledge, they, they are, they're carnivorous. Um, so they, they pre- predominantly, no. eat, I know they, they eat meat. Um, they are, uh, but the, the, you are, you were exactly correct that they are also a very maternal, uh, species that, that generally the, uh, that the, they're, they're well taken care of and well guarded by their parents. So, uh, generally, if you find them alone in their nest, um, it's generally because the mother is out eating and trying to get, collect food for its young. Uh, that being said, uh, the being that the state that these are in, it doesn't appear that the mother has returned in what would be considered a reasonable period of time. So they are, uh, it's either that the mother is very neglectful or the mother has abandoned and or is not returning. I rolled nice. a nat 20. Um, would that give us any more information? Uh, yeah. Uh, with a natural 20 on nature, Show you off. definitely <laughs> know the fact that um, the, the, there's there, uh, almost guaranteedly the mother's probably not coming back. Um, in fact, also, you kind of looking around, you don't see any tracks of a mother having visited in at least probably a few days at a minimum. Um Okay. Which is we should take it with us. I think you're right about the fact that I don't think the mother's around anymore. 
what do, what do we want to do with it? Where what are we going to Um is it fairly common for them to be able to be raised by hand? Uh, if they're young enough when they're when they're uh brought um or when when they're found, they can be raised as pets. Um in fact actually there are legends of people who have raised owl bears as very effective companions uh that that are uh you know because owl bears are fairly powerful in combat um they just have to be brought raised young enough so that way they bond with generally their their owner they're not they're not like normal animals that can be trained they're more kind of uh you know imprinted on someone oh baby You're going to make your badger jealous. No, he'll <laughs> understand. I've taken other animals in. We'll have a menagerie after some point. All right. Well, do you want to take it back to the, the wagon and we can move on? Uh, yes, I, I, I think we should, since I feel that we're the reason that its mom died. I mean, we were fighting for our lives, but... You know, these yeah. things happen. All right. Well, you take it back to the cart, and I'll scout on ahead to make sure that uh, the road's clear. Okay. Um, I would... Uh, so you said it's still fluffy. Um, it still has downy feathers, yeah. It's adorable. Uh, I see if I can, like... Uh, like I talk to it and kind of calm it down. Uh I use my uh abilities with animals. Yeah. And I just kind of I kind of calm it down and um then I I, I tell it that it's not I'm not going to hurt it. Yeah, so you're able to you kind of talk to it and calm it down, and you give it a little bit of uh, you know you still have some of the dried uh, deer meat that you had gotten earlier, and give it some of that, and it it gobbles it down very quickly. Aww. I give it a little bit of water too. Okay, it it definitely drinks that as well, and it it kind of coos and curls up on you, and after it finishes eating, it it seems to almost just fall asleep in your lap. Aww. Tabitha's heart just like melts completely. Um, so I take it back to the cart. Yep. Um, and then I talk to uh Francis about uh the fact that we've we need to help it. That it's lost and alone. Francis kind of sniffs it and you know, just investigates, but doesn't seem to take any uh Aggressive action towards towards the owl bear cub. No. Um, I make kind of a a little nest for it, kind of uh model uh, modeling it off of the nest that it it had had. How does everyone else react to uh, Tabitha bringing back a uh, an owl bear to the uh, the cart? What's the fluffy ball? I mean, it's a tiny little thing. Right? It's a baby owl bear. It, it oh. was hungry, and it was alone, and all of its siblings had died. Uh, it looked like it looked like they had starved to death. Like the same owl bear that attacked us. Uh, probably. Did they like have a 
mommy or daddy? Do we need to fight a sec- another owlbear? Is there another one coming after us? I think it's just... No, I don't think that they're going to come after us. It it was... I didn't see any tracks nearby. Oh. I think I think it's all alone. I think we need to take care of it. Can I hold it? No, he's asleep. Okay. okay. It It's asleep? I don't know. Oh, Tabitha. I, I mean, I realize it's cute and all, but that's a dangerous creature you're bringing on board. But, but he was all alone and sad. I understand that, but it's about the lives of others at this point as well. He didn't do anything. Yet. But what will he do? Well, if he knows who we are, he's not going to hurt us. I've heard this story before. Ask how my uncle Raythal lost his arm, because he thought a bear was his friend. Did he raise the bear from a, uh, a cub? A little older than that, but similar situation. Hmm. And, and also, what if the parents do return and they get the scent of the child and they come after us? The all of its siblings were dead, and it was almost dead itself. There had been no uh, activity around it. I think I think siblings. we're the ones that it killed. It. We killed the mom. We might have. I think I think that's what happened because it's been a long time since that baby has been fed. Look how tiny it is. If you really want to, I mean, I I can't really stop you. But I can't say I entirely agree with this line of action. You you can't tell me that you can look into uh, this baby's face and how floofy it is, and and say that you would rather it it starve to death. I don't want to know my answer. Oh. Can I hold it? It's sleeping. Can I drive? Sure. Sweet. All right. I got my license. Are you sure you should be driving in your condition? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine now. I'll, I'll be okay. I can drive. I don't know. You had quite a night last night. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've got a little bit of a headache. I'll be fine. If any trouble comes up, you can come help me drive. How's that, Tormir? All right. Oh. I'll sit up in the front and keep an eye on you. Okay. Where's the out? Al- where's the owlbear going? I can go sit with it. Um, it's kind of it's behind me, and I kind of make it a little nest based off of what its nest looked like. Uh, where we found it. So wait a minute. So you're on one side. I'm in the middle, and Tormir's on the other. Is that how this worked out? Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, that at that point the seat's pretty well packed. <laughs> if all three of you guys are up there. All right, I'm not moving. I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna be stubborn. Uh, so Tegan, yeah, you are able to drive the cart uh, while uh, Tabitha, you know, takes care of the 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 baby owl bear. Kind of sets up a little makeshift nest for it. Um, the 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 road at this point going forward is 
pretty level. There's not a lot of bumps, not a lot of curves. So as far as your uh, as far as you're concerned, it's you've the horses are used to you guys enough at this point, and you're used to driving and watching Tabitha at this point that you're able to drive the cart without too much issue uh, in in conditions like this. Sweet, I nailed it. I got my license. Uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, you guys eventually make it to uh, Cresta Hill, and you see this uh, large set of uh, ruins. Uh, so they are stone ruins, uh, and they are definitely old. Probably, you know, in the neighborhood of you know. 100, 100 and so, uh, you know, probably years old, uh, you guys would guess. Um, Tormir, you specifically don't recognize this as, as a dwarven city you're aware of. Um, you would likely probably suspect that it's probably some sort of a fortress or temporary war fortifications that were set up uh for you know probably and, and it looks like the the entire uh, fort, fortress was likely overrun by in some sort of a war or battle um but uh yeah it's it's kind of more just the framework of the the structures uh that's still standing uh some arch archways some buttresses but for the most part it's it's mostly just kind of a skeleton of a fortress do we do we recognize any of the architecture as as belonging to dwarves or elves or anything like that? You, Athir, do not recognize it as elven architecture. Um, it's as far as the difference between human and dwarven at this age, as a, uh, you probably would not be able to recognize uh, that. So it's, um, but Tormir definitely would recognize this as uh, dwarven architecture. Hmm. Did Did he mention this was a dwarven? Fortification of some sort. Not that I know of. I don't believe. Does it so. have buttresses? It does. I love a good buttress. Nice. Tegan's the buttress of all the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this place, uh, Tormir? I can't say I've ever heard of it before. I mean, it's definitely not a permanent structure, or at least wasn't intended to be. So, uh, it's definitely not permanent. Look at it. So do we know what Dark Shade looks like so we can figure out where it's at? Or do we just go looking for the undead baddies? You know it's a moss. Um, and both Athir and Tabitha are at least passingly familiar with it as far as appearance-wise. Uh, so you could probably identify it if you if you stumbled upon it. And what about Tormir? He rolled well. I'm just oh, saying... Did Tormir roll? Okay, I, I forgot who who rolled well on those the nature check on that. <laughs> it's fine. Then yes, it would be Tormir and Tabitha recognize it, not Athir. Athir knows it's moss. Athir it's, knows it's that's right. I know it might even moss. be dark. <laughs> Tegan absolutely knows it's dark. It is definitely dark. <clears throat> so let's get out and let's look for the undead. So would I know where to find the undead or how to look for traces of the undead? You can make a survival check to see if you can track them. What about religion? Uh, re re religion would be identifying what they are once you see them, but finding them would be survival. All right. 
when Tegan inevitably fails, I'm going to attempt a survival check. <laughs> Natural <laughs> one, baby. I'm, there you go. I got a 27 on survival. Uh, Boom, drop the mic. I won't actually drop the mic, but... I rolled a uh, 15. Okay. Not quite as good. Um, so between... Uh, Tabitha's definitely able to find uh, some foot de- uh, footprints, and you know they, they seem to be going underground um that you don't they, they look like they're probably maybe a few hours old at this point um and Tormir, you're also able to find uh the, the similar footprints um you're not exactly sure exactly how old they are but uh, as far as you can tell it looks like there are footprints that are a lot of uh foot traffic that ends up here at night and ends up underground by daytime hmm I found some footprints. They at least seem to be coming from this cart. They are leading to where I'm standing. <laughs> right. I didn't find any at all. <laughs> um, additionally, as you continue approaching in, you see this large, likely probably almost 10, 15 foot tall statue of an ancient dwarven hero of some sort. Uh, long it crumbled to the point where it's difficult to recognize who it may have been. Uh, but it definitely stands as a reminder of uh, proud heroes that probably once occupied and or guarded this place. In one hand, he holds an axe while the other hand points towards the entrance of what was likely some sort of a grand structure or cathedral. Uh, I would like to basically just do a detect magic um, just to see if there's anything around us magical. You go ahead and uh, give me a Arcana check. Sure. Rule the sixteen. There is definitely a low sort of a, a low level arcane magic pretty much over the entire area. Cool. Um, and you do see pockets of uh, magic that seem to be popping up here and there. Uh, some of them almost. You get the feeling that they're they're not moving now, but that they have moved. If that makes sense, that there there sure. are there are sources of magic here that are mobile. So there's magic here, guys. Hmm. A fair amount. There's little pockets here and there, and it's odd. Some of them seem like they have are moving. But they happen to be skeletons. That's... I don't know. I I, I don't know that much. I'll, I can just tell if there's magic. Can we go to the one of the spots where you think it's moving? I mean, we can start... We can head that... Head one of the directions and see. I mean, it's not moving at the moment, but... It, there's enough sources that you can pretty much pick any direction in this fortification and find something. So it it do do you guys want to specifically target the sources of magic and go for those or do you want to kind of investigate and kind of get the lay of the land first before you go deeper in? Is the magic areas down like into the ground or? It seems like the the magic gets stronger as you go deeper underground. There's there's definitely levels, uh, at least two that you can tell just based upon the the strength of magic, at least two levels beneath 
the current the, the ground level that that is uh, occupied or, or uh, open air that you could walk down into. Sure. So I think that we should maybe check out the upper area here first. Um, most of the more magic is conglomerated. It feels like uh, maybe lower in the, into the ground uh, in the caves. Uh, I'm assuming there's caves. Um, so I think that maybe we should just check around up top here first, and then we can dive into that. Stormir's going to search around for anything dwarven that may give him some clues as to what this place was. Okay. Um, so I will come back to Tormir in a moment. So Jathal and the rest of you guys kind of look around. You ultimately find kind of where that, that large ancient uh, statue was pointing, the, the large building that it was pointing at. Uh, there appears, uh, you see a pile of rotting wood and stone items in the center of what was probably a large, uh, possibly chapel or cathedral room. Um, it looks like they were formed into some sort of a barricade by defenders against enemy forces. You see bones that uh, you can probably identify as both a combination of human and dwarven bones. Um, and occasionally... Uh, Either you're not sure orc or half orc as well, uh, scattered throughout. Um, but the the bones litter the floor around the crumbling barricades, uh, and the barricades appear to have at at some point during the battle have failed and and allowed the invading force in. Hmm. So um, okay. I've got a warfare lore check of seventeen. Is there anything else that gives me about what the battle that happened here? Uh, you likely know, so there were, a, there were a great number of battles that had been fought here, uh, predominantly, um, of the orcs and the, um, dwarves of the, of these regions, uh, generally the, there, there were a number of conflicts and clashes between them, uh, hundreds of years ago. The orcs actually made it further south, uh, almost halfway through the, what, what is the, the continent that or the the country of uh where Inconovis is. Uh but they, they had since been defeated back to the mountains. Um the Spireforge Mountains. Um, Any signs of a battle recently that would you know where I can say about how long ago the most recent battle was? Most the most recent battle that you can tell here probably was at least a hundred years ago. Oh. Okay. So the, Never mind. The, the, this is a long abandoned uh place. Uh, as far as uh, maybe minor conflicts, you do see what might have been uh, something that might have attacked an animal every once in a while. You know, maybe signs of struggle there, but nothing on the scale of a, a war that has okay. happened in at least 100 years. And the rocks look like it was from the 100-year war or something more recent? Uh, definitely from at least 100 years or older. Okay. Okay. Uh, Toromir, meanwhile, you kind of understanding more the dwar you know, kind of dwarven layout, you uh, wander off a little bit on your own, and you stumble into uh, what looks like probably was was at one point an armory. Uh, it, this is on the ground level, so it's not it's not below ground. 
Um, there are weapons, armor, uh, all of them are at this point so far rotten or in disrepair that they would be, you know, virtually useless. Uh, but the most interesting thing you find here is uh, what you believe is and might even still be a functional rune forge. Uh, it looks so a rune forge, these are ancient uh, artifacts that were made by the dwarves. Uh, the secrets on how to make them are more or less lost. Uh, it's so the, the rune forges that have been built in the past are pretty much all that still exist today. Um, normally, when you enchant uh, equipment, like uh, inscribing runes on things, you generally need a, a craftsperson. Uh, the dwarves were able to build a, a forge that was actually able to take runes off of existing equipment and essentially reforge their magic into something new, uh, which is pretty impressive. And it looks like this rune forge it's would might require a little bit of cleaning and and maintenance, but it might actually work. Hmm. Um, you might be able to, in looking at all the different broken and destroyed items throughout, there might be enough latent magic energy in some of them that you might be able to transfer it into some of your own equipment. Uh, maybe at least, at least a handful of runes. I think I found something you might want to look at. Oh? Hey, what's this? What is that? Trot on over. Yep, same here. I mosey on over. Okay. What's what? What did you find here? Rune Forge. Oh, Rune Forge. Interesting. Yeah, it's used to create magical items. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you use it? So yeah, Jathal, you looking at this, you probably think that there you might be able to. Yeah, you're probably going to be nowhere near as good as a uh, a true rune, you know, dwarven rune crafter. Um, but you might be able to at least take enough of the ambient magical energy and the destroyed items and and do something with it. Um, what do we What do we want to try this on? Like, I think I might be able to do something. Who 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 uh, Who has something we can try it on? Can we uncurse my weapon? You're pretty sure it won't work on artifacts. Oh, uh, nuts. N- n- no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I already have some runes in my weapons, but um, we could always try. Would be able to do anything with them at all, or they might uh, be able to enhance the existing runes potentially. Yes, what he said. <laughs> Uh, one other thing you also, Tormir, you happen to notice. And so in the middle of the room, you find uh, a statue of a dwarf. This one's nowhere near as grand as that one you saw out in the main courtyard. Um, it's probably maybe about, you know, five feet tall in total, but it, it's in sort of a martial arts stance. The statue itself is degraded enough. It's difficult to tell what it may have been of, but there is a plaque uh, by its feet that's still readable. And it's, the plaque reads... Uh, here in Hex Hands, the master craftsman. Uh, and you have actually heard of Hiran before. He's a, a legendary monk who is known who have 
who known to have traveled the realm uh, and is one of the original rune forgers, uh, having helped invent the uh, the rune forges themselves. Uh, legend has it he was so powerful of a rune forger that he could actually forge a rune with his bare hands. Um, and he uh, additionally, by the plaque, you see a set of hand wraps uh, that are still in pristine condition and actually bear herein symbol, which is a, a twelve-pointed star. Um, Jethro, did you have a look at these? Maybe see if you can figure out what they are. I'm pretty sure they're important. Sure, let's take a look. I guess. Uh. I'll go ahead and read, start reading that plaque that you, you spoke of, Tony. Okay. Uh, do I just need to do like a arcana check? See if I know what something is, or it would be yeah. religion? or. Yeah, you can do an arcana check. Sure. It's a 30. All right. Uh, with that, you're definitely able to recognize them. The, the, these items, they're actually hand wraps of mighty blows. Um, so they may, uh, when put on, they, they occupy your, your hand slot. And they give uh, plus two to attacks and, uh, and give striking to uh, unarmed attacks. So meaning that your damage dice are doubled. I'm looking them over. Plus two striking? Yeah, they're plus two striking. Okay. I I hand him over to Tormir and I'm like, I think you probably want these. I did too, but you know, they they'll enhance your your uh, unarmed fisting that you do. <laughs> unarmed fisting. <laughs> I mean, you use your fists, right? I like, don't think like... that's an appropriate course of conversation for a place like this. Maybe after a few pints or something, you know, at least ease me into the idea. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the those hand wraps that you have there, Tormir, they are, they have here in symbol, it's a 12-pointed star. Um, and Jathal, you also have some sort of suspicion that it that those hand wraps might be partially involved or at least might be of benefit to reactivating the rune forge at the same time. Uh yeah, so I'm handing them over to him, and I'm like, I and I stop for a second. I'm like, so these are good for you, I'm sure. Um, but do we want to do something with this forge? Because they may be involved in that too. Yeah, they may start the forge with the the hand wraps. You know, they look pretty special. They do. They are. I'd hate this something happened to them. I mean, do you want to take them and try and start the hand ra- the the forge? It's worth a shot. Do it. Here you go. I'll stand back. You guys are looking at the forge and trying to figure it out. Uh, you try a number of different things, uh, and eventually, uh, Tormer, you kind of discover there's. There's the the mountain stance, which is you know one of one of the the, the dwarven stances of that's uh, definitely one of the, kind of one of the more famous ones. The one I use, and also the one you use predominantly, that um, is able to actually channel enough raw energy when you're when you just kind of put your open palm on the uh, side of the forge, that it seems to kick to life a little bit. 
All right, so Tormir, you and Jathal fire up the Runeforge. Uh, we talked offline uh, for a moment about what everyone wants uh, of, of the uh, options that are available. So we'll, we'll just go uh, through the group here, and everyone can kind of declare what what it is that they uh, they added to their things. So I think Tormir, you said you were going to add something to your robes. Is that correct? Yes. So I added potency and resilient. Okay. Or resiliency, rather. All right, and then uh, Tegan, you added something as well to your robes, I believe. Yep, same thing. Potency and resiliency. Okay. And flaming. <laughs> and uh, so that's he just drew fire like flames on his like like racing stripes on his robe. <laughs> Sweet. Um, uh, Tabitha, you were gonna add something to your bow, is that correct? Yes, I was gonna add uh, piercing. I mean striking. Or striking. That's it. I knew it was one of those. And you got you uh, rolled well on your uh, potency. You actually ended up with plus two potency on yours. Ooh. I'm so fancy. Jethal, there wasn't anything that you were wanting to add. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then, Athir, what did you want to add to your stuff? Well, considering you got this super sweet falchion, I want to make it even more flashy, so let's put some flaming on it. Okay. And then... Uh, uh, being an elf, I just kind of want to disguise my armor. So let's do an armor with glamour so that I can sneak into some place um, without them realizing I'm ready for combat. Sneaky, and then you, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. So you have plus, plus one armor potency and glamoured, and you already had armor or weapon potency on your weapon. So it just adds the flaming uh, weapon property <laughs> uh, mod to it. So Okay. All right, so you guys fire up the Rune Forge and run those different items through, and it makes a you know you have a whole bunch of you know cool stuff and this, this big mallet. I come do down keep a lookout since we are making a lot of noise. There is a lot of noise coming from the Rune Forge, but, but... I will keep a lookout to make sure that um, uh, I would request uh, politely that my bow be done first, so I could keep said lookout armed rather than just. So as the Runeforge stamps the different items and, you know, you, it's kind of, you know, there's this like molten metal of the different item, you know, broken items in the room that you guys are putting into the forge as far as fueling the raw magic. Um, and eventually the, that molten stuff and just the very aged forge itself eventually kind of just sort of grinds to a halt and, and it's still hot, but it just doesn't appear to move. The, the different parts have seized up after doing so many items and and at that point the forge itself begins cooling down and and really just becomes no longer operational uh but you did definitely get some uh some solid uh use out of it uh before it it went and tormir you believe if you can find someone or maybe maybe even with these hand wraps that you have if you can find the proper uh the books or at least knowledge to uh, operate and or repair a rune forge, you may be able to someday get this back up and running again. Would it fit in the bag of holding? The rune forge? Yes. No. The rune forge oh, is, is it the size of a regular forge? Uh yeah, it well it's bigger than a regular forge. Oh, it's okay. I mean this this thing is probably, you know, eight. So 10. it's not going anywhere. No, it's not. It's this this is tons of weight. Is, is this forge. Sorry, I misunderstood how big it was. No problem. Mm, he gets that a lot. Oh, what, what, mm-hmm. were you gonna, mm-hmm. what were you going to say, Tormir? 
That was good. I was going to make a very inappropriate joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I so, have no idea what you're talking about. Did we figure out the location, like, the name of this location again? I forget what it was. You have not found any signs or, or placards to tell you what the location was. Okay. Um, there is a... Uh, the, um, Tegan, with his uh, warfare lore, you know, he is, as far as what he was able to tell, a fortification with dwarves that was invaded and, and ultimately overrun. There was a battle uh, known as the Battle of Lodar uh, that, that was fought. It might have something to do with this place, and maybe that might give you a clue of where what this once was called, but you're not entirely sure. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Let's go uh let's go uh kill some undead and free the moss. Yeah. Um what happened to the owl bear cublet? It's a great question. That is a great question. <laughs> what did happen to the owl bear? What 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 did you uh where 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 had you put the uh, owl bear Tabitha? Um uh Where's the cart located? Probably back out in the courtyard area. Um, hmm. It's still in the cart, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's sleeping. <laughs> I just thought well, about that. Uh, unfortunately, as the uh, rune forge was going, it was rather loud, and you couldn't hear a whole lot else that was going on out, out in the uh, out in the courtyard area. Uh, can I go check on the owlbear cublet? Sure, you can absolutely go check. So as you uh, exit the runeforge and run back out, realizing, oh no, I left the baby. Um, you, <laughs> hey, I'm uh... new to this. <laughs> or I could have had like Francis keep guard over it. That would make sense if Francis probably stayed there. Uh, as you come out, you do hear Francis growling, and he looks like he's kind of in a defensive position trying to protect it. As you do see a number of uh, uh, looks like skeletons and zombies that are slowly approaching the cart. And we will come back to see what happens next time with the baby uh, Owlbear and Francis and everybody else. Oh no, on... my cublet! <laughs> my cublet! Um, so thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice. Uh, again, if you uh, have any questions, we're happy to answer any on air. You can reach out to us at uh, paperpencildicepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, uh, keep gaming, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice. Reach out to us at paperpencildicepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time to find out what our heroes get into next on Paper, Pencil, Dice.